And time once again for Nature Notes with our naturalist friend Jim Gilbert, brought to us by Cardinal Corner and By the Yard Patio Furniture. And again, uh, speaking of By the Yard, we'll talk to Jim in seconds, but Pam and Lee want to remind you again to make sure you do a couple of things this season to keep our feathered friends happy. Keep clean, fresh water out for them, not only to drink, but to bathe in. And uh, we remind you this every week. Clean those bird feeders and bird houses regularly. And when you pay a visit, and I hope you do, to Cardinal Corner, you'll find that the birds love the seed at Cardinal Corner. Uh, anywhere from a pound to 50-pound bags, they've got custom mixes. Birds love it. Freshest bird seed your money can buy. And you're going to get all sorts of great tips, too, uh, with their monthly newsletter. It's free. Subscribe online at cardinalcorner.com. And if you need a gift idea, boy, the ladies at Cardinal Corner have great ideas. There, You're going to find more than feeders and bird seed and bird baths, too. Jewelry, handbags, home decor, all sorts of things. Cardinal Corner is open seven days a week. Lee and Pam are in West St. Paul, Butler in South Robert. Amy's at the Newport Center. Here's the number, 651-455-6556. Or as I said online, at cardinalcorner.com, you will see that Cardinal Corner really is more than just a bird seed store. Good morning to you, Jim Gilbert. It is officially 53 degrees. Oh, it's warm. <laughs> No, warmer, I should say. It's 20 degrees Wait. cooler this morning than it was uh, yesterday at this time. I know. Isn't that something? Yeah. Well, here on the northwest side of Lake Laconia, air temperature 46. Wow. You know, and with this light northwest winds, I, I, am, I should mention, too, that I'm, I'm seeing some blue sky here. Okay. But it feels like falls in the air. And I just looked across the landscape, and I saw some red in some of the sugar maples, and some yellows on some of the other trees, and I think, yes, yes, it's here. <laughs> Especially after the, the warm temperature. Yes. Like yesterday morning, I'm sure on your way to work, it was in the upper 70s. Oh, it was. I think it was 76 when I got to the station. Yeah. <laughs> How about that? Amazing. Well, anyway, the sun um, rise today is 654. I should say sun rose at 654 and sets tonight at, at 719. So today in the Twin Season area, we have 12 hours, 25 minutes of daylight. We've lost three minutes of daylight since yesterday, 22 minutes since last Sunday, and three hours and 11 minutes is the total daylight lost since June 20th, our summer solstice, and the first day of astronomical summer, and of course, the longest daylight period of the year. We still have Three hours and 38 minutes of daylight to lose by December 21st, our winter solstice and first day of astronomical winter with the shortest daylight period of the year. The normal high for today is 71, the normal low 52. Records for today, September 17th in the Twin Cities, high was set 122 years ago, 1895 with 96, high of 96. Also on this day, the low was 34, and that was set 142 years ago in 1875. So we had 34, 1875 for a low, and it also, also happened with a 34 in 1943, 74 years ago. Our most precipitation, most rain in this state happened uh, 2015, we received 2.37 inches of rain. The waning crescent moon rose this morning at 350 
in sets uh, this evening at 6.12. Our next full moon, the harvest moon, is Thursday, October 5th. The Minnesota Weather Guide Consulting Astronomer for the past 28 years, Rod Nerdahl, tells us that on Monday, that's tomorrow, look tomorrow morning, look east in the pre-dawn. So that would be, you know, 6 o'clock, maybe 6.10 in the morning. But if you look in the east, you got a view looking towards the east, you could see Mercury, Mars, the waning thin, thin crescent moon, Leo's brightest star called Regulus, and Venus. They all appear in a line of about 12 degrees. And it should be quite a sight. Now, when is, when is that, Jim? Is it tomorrow that, or Monday? That's um, Monday, I think. That's Monday, tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. Tomorrow morning, just get up early. Or, in fact, you for you, that isn't even early. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. But I was looking <laughs> at the forecast. I hope it's not true, but it, it, we may have a lot of clouds. But Uh-oh. We'll see. Yeah. Uh-oh. Well, anyway, this coming Friday, September 22nd, is autumnal equinox. And that's when astronomical fall begins in the northern hemisphere. Now, fall begins that day at 3.02 p.m., that's next Friday, as the sun's center passes over the celestial equator. That's an imaginary line in the sky. I can't imagine being um, a mathematician good enough to figure these things out, these, these orbits. That's, what, that's the stuff for Mike Lynch. Equinox means equal night. So the Earth has reached a point in its annual orbit around the sun when each place on Earth receives 12 hours of sunshine and 12 hours of night. And this happens every place on the whole Earth on next Friday, the 22nd, except at the poles. Now, if we were standing at the North Pole or the South Pole, the sun remains on the horizon for us all day, driving one complete circuit of the horizon in 24 hours. Wouldn't that be interesting to be standing on the North Pole and watch the sun just go all the way around? I'd like to do that. Yeah. Oh, well. Anyway, all other places on Earth, except at the poles, the sun rises due east and sets due west. That's this next Friday. So if you live in an apartment, if you live in a single-family dwelling, and you've got a certain window you look out all the time, either east or west, watch the sun that day, and it will be due east, rising, due west, setting. Meteorological autumn began, began 17 days ago on September 1st, which for us in the upper Midwest marked the end of the 92 warmest days of the year. Of course, that's, that's normally the, the, the warmest days of the year. So we've got this to look forward to. Lots of things happening outside right now. Kevin Schramm, who farms with his brothers near Plato, that's about 10 miles west of Waconia, reports that area farmers have been chopping uh, corn uh, for silage since, since September 5th. Many soybean fields are displaying mostly golden yellow leaves as the plants mature. Swimming season winds down as lake temperatures drop into the mid-60s or lower. Honeycrisp apples are ripe for picking. Honeycrisp is a mid-season cultivar introduced by the University of Minnesota in 1991. It has a vibrant red color, a 
pleasant balance between sweetness and tartness, a mildly aromatic flavor, and juicy texture. Honeycrisp is one of the best apples for fresh eating and for salads because it doesn't brown. A lot of apples, when you cut them and you set them out for a little while, they turn brown, but the Honeycrisp uh, resists that. The fruit will store for seven months or more. Of course, that's with lower temperatures. Minnesotans adore Honeycrisp apples, and this cultivar has been our official state apple since 2006. Another mid-season apple that is now being harvested is called Macintosh. The original Macintosh tree was discovered in 1796. That's 221 years ago. It was growing. It was a chance seedling of unknown parentage. It was growing in Dundas County, Ontario, Canada. Macintosh is a crisp, juicy red apple that keeps until after Christmas. It's good for fresh eating, sauce, pies, and freezing. Minnesota apple growers like Denny and Lynn Havlicek at the Havlicek Orchard, located about five miles northeast of New Prague, are now picking Snow Sweet, Red Harrelson, Sweet Tango, Sweet 16, that's a um, 1977 University of Minnesota introduction, Honeycrisp, Cortland, Macintosh, and the first Prairie Spies and Minnesota Jonathan. Now, the Habitat Orchard, just a few miles from New Prague, is open Saturdays and Sundays for pick your own. That's an interesting thing to do with a family. In addition, Denny Habitat sells at various farmers' markets in Minneapolis. And I didn't realize, Denny, there were so many farmers' markets. But oh, today, they're all over the place. I know. But today he'll be at 43rd and Nicollet. That's the Kingsfield neighborhood uh, farmers' market right in Minneapolis. Lately, many of us have been watching monarch butterflies nectaring on plants like New England aster and autumn joy sedum in our yards and blazing star and stiff goldenrod in, in natural areas. The monarch is probably one of our most familiar insects. No butterfly is more widely distributed around the U.S. than the monarch. Monarchs are orange and black and have a four-inch wingspan. They travel individually, not in flocks, but they stop flying in late afternoon and sometimes gather in groups to roost. I received a couple of reports of monarch trees lately where butterflies gathered by the hundreds or more for the night. I've been tagging monarchs, monarch butterflies since the 1970s. One individual monarch butterfly tagged by two Hopkins junior high students and myself way back on September 6, 1975. And that was tagged on the Minnesota Landscape Arboretum Prairie and was found in January 1976 by Dr. Fred Urquhart. Now, Fred and Nora, his wife, um, were researchers for the zoology department at University of Toronto, Canada. And they're credited with locating the overwintering site for, and this is in the fir forest in the mountains of northwest of Mexico City, where the monarchs spend their winter. For the monarch that Jim Street and Dean Bowen and I tagged that early September morning, 1975, first one found in the wintering ground ever. So we had that chance to prove where the wintering site was. Ever since that time, I've been concerned about protection for the monarch butterfly and overwintering 
and, and the overwintering area in the volcanic mountains of Mexico. Now, that's a straight-line distance of about 1,800 miles from here. This fascinating insect, the monarch butterfly, was chosen to be the official Minnesota state butterfly in the year 2000. Ward Johnson from Minneapolis has taken a, a strong interest in the conservation of monarch butterflies. He does this very seriously. He and his wife have formed the Save Our Monarch Foundation and made it possible for about, this is incredible, 2,600,000 packets of milkweed seeds to be distributed. Wow. Yeah, and this is amazing. This is one of our local people. Milkweeds are the key to the monarch's survival because their leaves are what the female monarchs lay their eggs on and what the caterpillars eat. The idea that Ward has is save our monarchs one milkweed plant at a time. He could sure use help for many CCO listeners and friends, and this is what he'd like to have people do if they could do it. The common milkweed pods are three to four inches long, are still mostly green, but soon will be drying and opening, and that's when the brown seeds should be collected. Try to collect at least four ounces. That's a fourth of a pound of seeds. Check the website. It's called SaveOurMonarchs.org. SaveOurMonarchs.org. To find the address where to send these seeds that you collect. Excellent. I can see it as a school project, a scout project, just or anybody who has these these plants growing near them. And what a difference it can make because we're always wondering, what can we do for the environment? And that's a great Great move. Well, you know what else is great is that by the yard patio furniture. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We Jim and I've talked about this for years. This is the patio furniture that's uh, made down in Jordan, Minnesota, by a family-run business, still a true CCO land company, called By the Yard, out of recycled plastic milk jugs. Jim has it at his house. I have it at mine for years. It still looks good after all these years. And the thing, I, it probably you too, Jim, that attracted me to it is you don't have to store it. Especially oh, if you're limited for space. I know we're thinking, uh-oh, we got like 10 pieces out in front. Where are we going to put it? No, we just leave it out there. Yeah, and if you uh, like the out-of-doors, they have uh, fire tables, and all you need is a 20-pound propane tank, and this stuff works. They're not just for looks either. 60,000 BTUs means you'll stay warm on cool evenings outdoors. I'll tell you what, get that color catalog. A lot of folks call after Jim's show, 952-492-2777. Or if you make it, is it easier for you? Just get on the line uh, at buytheyard.net and ask for that catalog. Jim, we have exactly two minutes to go. Okay. Tom and Lisa Bovers from Faribault Report yesterday, they found a good-sized monarch butterfly caterpillar. There's still a few caterpillars around. Eight different species of migrating warblers, including Tennessee chestnut sided, and four species of vireos. At sunset lately, they watched white lined sphinx moths. These are also called hummingbird moths, nectar on some of their garden flowers. Captain Rob Herring from Optimum Charters out of Canal Park and Duluth reports that yesterday afternoon at 3 p.m., about, oh, eight, nine miles out of Duluth, Lake Superior surface temperature was 64, down 100 feet, it was 50. But, and they still continue to fish for lake trout. Uh, Ray and Marlene, um, Simon from Northfield Report, there's a bumper crop of bur oak acorns this year. Red-bellied woodpeckers, 
Red and gray squirrels, eastern chipmunks are gathering the acorns. Migrating monarch butterflies stop to nectar on the blooming Mexican sunflowers and are nectaring on, and, and I was going to say, and they're noticing beautiful red fall colors on sumac and autumn blaze maples. David and Mary Brislance, who live on the ridge above Lake Superior at Lutzen, report fall leaf colors are coming on fast. The North Shore this week need to drive inland on the Gunflint Trail, Caribou Trail, Sawville Trails, or take County Road 6 inland from from the North Shore. That's by Little Moran to Finland. That's when you see the bright reds and burnt oranges on moose maples, sugar maples, and golden yellows on the paper birches. And Diane and Dave Herring, who live near Waterville, report seeing a long line of tree swallows, about 200 on utility wires this past Friday. Yesterday morning at 7, white line sphinx moth, also called the hummingbird moth, was hovering in some of the flowers in their yard, the hosta flowers. And, Jim, before we go, I got a, yeah. you got an email uh, from Maryland from Hudson, Wisconsin, have had migrating orioles at our grape jelly feeders every day this past week, this morning, which was yesterday, three female, one male oriole. Thank you, and Maryland. Where, where was that? Hudson, Wisconsin Hudson. from Maryland. I got it. Oh, thank uh, you. Well, Jim, I'm going to talk to you here in a little hour or so, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll connect about uh, future shows. What do you think? Okay. Look forward to All it. Right. Bye that, for now. Thanks, Jim. Jim Gilbert back next Sunday morning here on 830 WCCO. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it.